Welcome to Emirates Podcast, episode number 91. This is your host, Suman Silwal. If you haven't done yoga, if you haven't tried it, the first thing is don't get discouraged. I would like to wish you a happy new year. 2018, 2017 has been a great year for us. And we had a lot of fun learning from different runners locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally runners. Uh, it has been a great pleasure to be with you and uh, thanks for your time and listening. Let's continue to listen and grow uh, this Emirates podcast. If you have any suggestions, if you have uh, any guest ideas and topics, uh, please email it to me, marathonruns at gmail.com or just message me on the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Marathon Runs. Thanks for listening again and uh, let's have fun 2018 and learn a lot. I'd like to welcome Marcel Belzer to Emirates podcast. Marcel, Happy New Year to you. How are you doing today? I'm great. Happy New Year to you. <laughs> I was here New Year's Day run. I think I saw you running out uh, on the trail, some cold runs. Yeah, it was. It actually got warm. You know, we were in onesies. I was wearing a unicorn onesie. Got a little heated, but it was great. It's fun to get some fresh air and the sun was shining, so life is good. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we did a 15 degree uh, nine o'clock run, and like you said, once you start moving. It got a little bit warmer. You know, people from south like us, it's uh, really cold for us. Uh, our listener from, from the north may be laughing at us, but it's cold for us. <laughs> I'm telling you, my blood has thinned out from living in the south. And uh, now that I'm realizing you have listeners in the north, and I just said I ran in a onesie, a group of us got together and we wore footy pajamas during our trail run. So there was a handful of us, maybe 10 or 12 people in costume running through the woods. It was quite a spectacle. Definitely. Uh, we really didn't know how to dress up. So that's that's one of the big thing for us here in the South, because we're always running heat and a warm weather. And um, suddenly the winter arrived and um, we didn't know what to do with it. So that's right. So uh, before we move uh, a little bit further in our interview, give us your uh, background, running background, and then we'll get more focus. Uh, some of the things you do for running. Uh, let's talk. Give us your running background. How did you start running? I have been a runner through sports, elementary school, high school, and in college, I played intramural sports. And that was all exciting. And of course, with those sports, there was always running it not it wasn't something that I all this I was a I did not run in high school, I didn't run track, I didn't run cross country. But I did decide later on that it was good for my body. And I liked how I felt. And it was also a time thing for me finding teams to go play, you know, a pickup game of basketball or soccer wasn't convenient once you got out of college and you had everyday living. And running was a great way you could walk out your front door and start running. And I probably began running five and six miles. And that was kind of my staple. And I would say about 10 years ago, I really dove into long distance running. I read a book that inspired me that had nothing to do with running, uh, building a bridge as you walk on it. And it had me asking questions in my business life. Um, one of the questions was, really, we, we look at ourselves and say, you look at something and say, that can't be done. And rather than do that, look at that thing and say, why not? And somebody during the time frame that I was reading that book, somebody said to me, would you ever run a marathon? And I said, no. <laughs> and then that nagging thing came up behind me and said, well, why not? Why not give it a try? And so I did. And I did a lot of research and basically built my own training plan and ran my first marathon and built on from that. And 
just became a long distance runner um, and got to the point that people would say, well, how, how far are you running this weekend? I'm going to you know, run 18. Didn't really have to think twice about that um, built up from that. And then I had uh, some friends around this area here kept poking at me saying, you need to come hit the trails. And I kept saying, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm a mother of three children. Self-preservation is key here. If mama gets hurt, the whole family's going down. So mama can't get hurt. And I don't think so. And I put it off and I put it off. And then finally, one day, again, that nagging question, why not? So I tried it and I loved it. My first trail run was an 18-mile trail run just a few years ago. And based on that, I decided to do my first trail run two months later, which was the Oak Mountain 50K. And then that following year, I ran Chiha 50K. And of course, now I have my sights. I'm I'm looking. I haven't committed yet, but Penhody is calling my name, and that's a hundred mile race, which you know. Definitely, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I just I get very motivated and inspired, and I love how my body feels when I run. I love the escape. I love how running lets my mind just forget everything that's going on and it. it's a place that I can gain energy and I get really excited about it. I have people tell me that my love for running passes on to them. They get excited about it. So that's kind of my my running background, if you will. Definitely. It sounds like great running background, almost like a lifetime runner that you have taken ultra distance running, uh, distance running and pretty seriously. Now you do marathons and we race a couple of race together. I haven't we haven't run. I didn't know that you are doing a lot of distance race and and definitely Penhody will be a great challenge for you. But uh, that's just a part of the life, correct? Uh, just keep on moving forward. Like you said, why not? Absolutely. So, <laughs> worse is going to happen is you're going to end up like finishing like me, but but you will be you'll finish you know so but but you're much stronger runner than i am so at this time but i have my own problem there but definitely uh talking about running uh distance running um what attracts you i'm gonna tell you and again people in the north won't understand this but the trail running community in birmingham is incredible the human element of meeting people who want to be outdoors be a part of nature experience finding breath and just being able to get to a point on a trail run, maybe go up to King's Chair, which is on our little local hill, I'm going to say. It's not really a mountain. And you go out and you, you run up to the top and you get to see this expansive view and just exhale. It's just, it's an incredible feeling. It's, it's a place that I find I can re-energize. Um, but it, but the, People that are involved in this running community really have given me a lot of energy and gusto. And me, with running in general and road running and finding races, I, I, I get excited for races. I have a little competitive side to me. And so if I see a race and my body is trained up well, I want to go and I want to execute seeing what I can do in my body today. You know, that part's exciting for me. And uh, when I get to watch myself continually improve, whether it's through a short distance race or maybe it's a longer distance race, whatever I'm working on at that moment, you get to see accomplishments. You get to watch your body grow and strengthen and my body the way it is today, I mean, there's no doubt it's between running and uh, what yoga has also done for my body. Definitely. Uh, that leads to our our main topic of this podcast. Let's talk about that yoga side of you. So, so when did you start doing yoga? I think it's been about five years now. And what happened is a friend of mine who is a yoga teacher, she is, I consider her my yoga mentor now, Jennifer Leahy, she said to me, I want you to come try yoga. And I said, no. My immediate 
the answer was no, I'm not going to do it. And she kept speaking to me and I was helping her train for a triathlon and helping with the running portion. We ended up going through that and she said, you owe me, you need to come try yoga. And I, at the time, my thinking was wrong. I said, yoga is counterintuitive to yoga. I'm afraid if I do some crazy yoga pose, it's going to screw up what I have going on with my running body now. So no, she said, please give me three classes. I said, fine, just to shut her up. And she knows that story. So I ended up going to three hot yoga classes that she taught. And what I felt in my body after doing that has changed me forever. Now, it wasn't my first yoga class that I thought, oh my goodness, this is it. It took a couple of times. And I encourage anybody that's never done yoga, don't just go to one yoga class and say, nope, that's not for me. I always encourage you to try going to a couple of yoga classes. Maybe it's the same one or try different types of yoga. Now that I know the benefits. Anyhow, through my track of going and taking yoga, I only did yoga twice a week. I started to notice a tremendous impact in my body and in my mind within six months. Other people started noticing the impact on my body. And then a year later, my body, my muscles, everything changed. My muscles lengthened. My core got stronger. My body got more flexible. And what I noticed in turn were my races and the runs that I was doing got faster. So moving on, yoga became such a huge piece of who I was. I wanted to take it deeper. And I decided that I wanted to deepen my yoga practice. I wanted to be able to help others with what I do for my real job. And then people said, um, you know, if you taught yoga, I would take classes. So I actually now am also a yoga teacher. And um, there's a physical sense to it. There's a finding your your breath. And there's this soulful piece to yoga that can really help you in so many more aspects of your life other than running as well. Definitely. Uh, let's, uh, let's go back. We're a little bit... Uh... A lot of time, um, I think I, I have done, I've been doing yoga for so long, but I'm, I'm uh, it's like my running and a long time ago, I every time I start, I quit too quickly. That's one thing I have done in yoga, so I have not able to continue. After I became a runner, uh, like you said, uh, I had people warning me. Um, uh, they said, why would you do yoga? Uh, and, and it can hurt your back and it can hurt you. So I was just uh, trying to figure out, uh, uh, does, uh, does yoga help? or hurts. I mean, according to listening to you, uh, it, it helps. So Absolutely. One of the things that people and runners specifically are reluctant to try it is because they're afraid they're not flexible enough. And if they bend or they twist and they go too much, what I think happens is people generally will see a pose. They'll see some crazy yoga pose, um, just like the Wednesday poses I, I put out there on, on Facebook, <laughs> where you see some crazy pose that the person's doing. And people think, I can't do that, so I'm not going to yoga. But that's not what yoga is. When you go to a, a yoga class, one of the first things that I tell people when we're finding our space on our mat is if all you did was just breathe throughout the whole session, you've done yoga. It's about finding a stillness. It's about finding your breath. And the benefits of your breath can give you strength, core strength. It can help your posture. It can do all of these great, crazy things inside you. So it's not about the pose. The pose 
It's like the added extras. It's like the bonus that you get. It's like training for a marathon. When you run, you run and over time you're training and you're building up and you're doing all these wonderful things to your body. And the the marathon that you're training for, that's the bonus at the end. And that's kind of what yoga is. So you go into a yoga class and they say, okay, let's get into down dog. And you're in your upside down V, your body's in this upside down V. And some people can do it beautifully and some people's heels can't touch the ground. And that's okay. It's what you can do in your body today. And you utilize that and you have to let go of your ego at the door. You can't say, oh, I'm this big, strong, tough athlete. And the person next to me, I have to do everything that they do. It's not about what everyone else is doing. It's about what you're doing on your mat and being able to find whatever flexible movements or stretches that happen while you're breathing uh, that help you develop your yoga practice. Definitely. Uh, talking about further uh, drilling down in yoga, I didn't know this, and I was trying to figure out the difference between yoga and Pilates. There's a lot of similar poses you do for yoga versus Pilates. What is the difference between those two? So sometimes I've heard people say yoga and Pilates are sister practices. Pilates, and from my understanding, I've done Pilates. I've taken one Pilates class in my lifetime. And it was, there's a use of machines to assist you in some of the movements. So I don't want to get criticized. If anybody's a Pilates expert, I don't know the specific things that they do in Pilates, but I do know that there are use of machines. In yoga, no machines. It's you, your mat. There's no weights. You're using your own body weight to help strengthen and build your body. Definitely. One of the thing about yoga, yoga has been practiced more than 5,000 years. So, <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's <laughs> uh, I think yes. Pilates is recent, uh, recent thing. So, but I just, I always get those questions I asked. Um, it's like, oh, I don't know, but yoga is different. I, I know that part. But definitely uh, talking about, you know, in, in a podcast, it's, it'll be hard to show all the all the pose. Uh, maybe we need to direct uh, some of the what he call poses to your your Facebook or Facebook page you have. But talking about uh, as a runner yourself, what are the what are the good uh, poses and what are the things uh, we as a runner should look at? And I mean, I'm, I'm interested to implement yoga as my one of my 2018 goal. Mm-hmm. There are. There are wonderful poses that you can get into and use before running, after running, that help with various things in your body. The one thing I will say before you start doing poses, it's always nice to do some warming up in the body. And there's a, a sequence of things. We like to warm up the hips and the spine and these are poses called cat and cow, and then also doing some hip circles. My body, whenever I teach a class, I love doing hip circles. Um, you're, you're on your hands and knees, take your hips over to the right and back by your feet and then over to the left. And you're inhaling and exhaling as you're doing this. But when you're doing these movements, it's not just doing the movements to move your body. You're noticing the sensations in your body and where those feels are. So let's say you're doing a hip circle and you're, I has, have you take your hip over to the right and back and then you get over to the left side and maybe there's some soreness or tightness. Well, just because I might have you move through on an inhale and an exhale, maybe your body, you need to linger in a spot where you feel a pocket of tenderness and that's okay. And maybe you stay there for a full breath, inhale, exhale, or maybe two. And when you the idea with yoga, when you inhale, you're lengthening muscles. And when you exhale, you're softening and you're sinking deeper into a pose. And 
it's this idea of this these opposites that allow you your body to get further in these things that that you need so going on so if you're moving your body getting your body warmed up pigeon pose is a great pose for runners you can do pigeon on the floor um meaning on your back, or you can do pigeon on your hands. And I don't know, I can try to explain it, but it might kind of sound funny, but somebody could do a Google search and see what pigeon pose looks like. But again, if you see a pose, a picture of a pose, don't think, oof, I have to get in that pose right away. You want to find a place where you're, it's not pain, but you get to a point where you find your edge. And that's where you want to stay and breathe. And on that exhale, relax your hips, relax your arms, whatever you're, you have tight, relax and soften them and see if you can stay there for a certain amount of time. Another great pose is lizard. There's high lizard, there's low lizard. That's a great pose for runners. Another one that really gets into your hips is frog. A lot of times runners have a very hard time. If you are able to get on your forearms in a frog position, that's excellent. Runners sometimes have to stay on their hands and push up into their arms and frog because of the tightness or their hips aren't open. So you, you have those as a couple of poses, but basic poses like warrior one. Right now, I'm focusing with my classes that I'm teaching, slowly getting into warrior one. And if someone was in down dog position, and that's an upside down V, and your hands are to the ground, and if you got yourself into a warrior one, you would inhale your right leg up, for example, exhale, bring your right leg through and place it down in between your hands. And what I have people do is lift their hands off the ground about an inch. And this is where it's tricky because people like to cheat, I think, and they use their hands to push off and raise up their arms to the sky. But instead, what I have them do is lift their hands up off the ground and their right knee is bent at a 90 degree angle and they're using... They're engaging their udiabanda, so they're sucking their belly button in and upward towards their spine. So you're using core strength, and you slowly lift your body. And I say, hug your muscle to the bone as you lift your arms and reach them to the sky. So there you are in this warrior one position. Your fingers are spread wide, the palms are facing each other, and then you're looking up at your hands. And then what I do is have people tilt their pelvis slightly forward. And you get a beautiful hip flexor stretch. And runners, when they get there and feel that, and if you're holding and inhaling and exhaling, I bet you break out into a sweat. <laughs> and then you exhale your hands down and you get your foot back up and you can swap sides and do warrior one on the other side. But sometimes people don't utilize a pose like warrior one to say, oh, this will be a great pose for runners. But for me, I find it is a great, beautiful thing that you can engage your core, engage your hip flexors, you're strengthening and lengthening your body, you're working your quads. There's just so much going on. So to me, it's like a beautiful, juicy pose that really helps build strength. Definitely. Yeah. But like I said earlier, it's hard to talk about this pose uh, on the audio format. Maybe we, we need to put some video or pictures for sure. Like you said, Google search, some of those. They sound great. Uh, tell us about uh, when you do go from the pose to pose uh, or, or you take a break, what's the time frame? You know, uh, some some people say stay one minute, two minutes, uh, do nothing. Uh, how, how do you do that? Do you switch from quickly switch from one to next or, or is there a rest period? 
Well, that answer, it's like a standard MBA answer. It depends. It depends because you might go to a class that's a yin class and they, in a yoga class like that, you'll hold a pose for about three minutes. And in a class like that, it's really great because the teacher can get you into the pose and take their time pointing out nuances. Have your right knee bent in a 90 degree angle, reaching your arms up. There's a lot of time to say that. The yoga that I teach now is a vinyasa flow. And that type of yoga, it's meant to be a little more faster paced kind of thing. At the beginning of the year, I have a lot of new students that come to class. And what we do is I slow it down, give them the flow, teach it through. And then once they have it memorized and I've taught it through for them, then they flow on their own. And basically what they do is match their breath, their inhales and their exhales to the movement. Sometimes people don't want to move fast because their body that day isn't having it. And so they want to go slower in the movements. Other times people want to crank out and move and they want to get really sweaty and they want to do this flow as many times as they can over and over. So it really depends on those feels that I keep I mentioned in your body. What does your body want? What is it craving right now? Is it craving more of the strength side or is it craving more of the, ooh, I just want to simmer in this right now and just feel this over a, a length and time and, you know, let my body feel this and then come out of it. And even when you're doing these poses, you also have to do some stretches from those poses too. You've got to counter <laughs> what you've done in your body. So you have that too. <laughs> Definitely. Talking about now some of the things uh, as a runner, um, you know, I know uh, that's one of my weaknesses. I'd rather be logging miles than uh, uh, doing a strength training, core training, or doing a yoga poses. Give us some, some wisdom on why, why, why we should take our time to do yoga yoga, you know, and how long should we do at the beginning as we move forward? So yoga, I mean, it transformed my running. If you were to go back and look at photos of me five years ago to now, I've actually had somebody recently say to me, you're unrecognizable. I was fit. I was muscular because of running. The only thing that I did different was yoga. People ask me if I do weights all the time. As a matter of fact, now they go to my yoga mentor and they ask her. She says she doesn't do weights, but does she do weights? No, she doesn't. She clearly has does not have time. It has toned and strengthened my body and it offsets the running. It's a great counterpiece to the running. What happens, especially in road running, for example, there's this repetitive nature, this repetitive motion we have in our body, and you get these muscular imbalances. And what yoga can do is it can restore the balance and the symmetry in your body. That's why it complements it. So if you're and you, you can get this core strengthening, and of course, you need your core strength can help you become a stronger, faster runner on trails. That core strength is key. You're not maybe using that same repetitive motion because maybe you're doing side to side movements, but that core strength is clearly important. Maybe you're going to trip over a root and you can utilize your core and engage those core muscles to help you fall gracefully or lift yourself back up. Actually, I was running trails the other day and I was going to bite it. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I engaged my core and I came back up and the people I was running with were like, oh, my goodness, how on earth did you just lift yourself back up? And the only thing I can attribute it to is is the yoga. But it's a it's a great counter and it's worth you need to give your body rest days when you're running anyway. And why not give yourself something that can help continue to build strength, but also give you that stretching and the mind, that mind piece. I haven't talked a lot about the mind and the breath, but what yoga can give you is this breath. It, in, it increases your lung capacity 
and it can lower your heart rate. And during yoga, I we teach ujjayi breath. Um, it's a Sanskrit word, and you utilize your diaphragm, inhaling and exhaling with closed lips through your nose. And when you do that throughout a practice, you start over time, have the ability to lower your heart rate. We breathe naturally, we automatically breathe. But what if you could control your breath and in turn reduce your heart rate from being so high up? Now, what if you could train your body to do that while you're running? You know, you get your heart rate up running up a hill and you're panting and you're... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what if you could utilize that ujjayi breath to help reset your heart rate quicker, build that lung capacity so it's better for when you're running? Um, so you have those things. And then the flexibility, you know, yoga stretches muscles that are tight that can help increase the range of motion that you have. And also this strength piece of running, you know, runners, we build our legs, we have a lot of strength in our legs, and we focus on one plane, this forward and backward motion. But yoga has you use your body in a variety of different planes, forward, backward, side to side, all of these different things. And we teach our body to contract or to relax. And these are just all benefits that can help reduce injury, have less of a weight impact on your legs, create a better overall form running, maybe even have less fatigue because you've built up these strong lungs and hopefully in turn actually reduce your risk of injury. But you have to listen to your body. That's the key thing I can say. And of course, and then the the big benefits is you get greater muscle tone. I don't know if you caught it, but my muscles over time have lengthened. They've leaned out. So I was this muscular person, fuller, dear friend of mine, lover to death. She looked at me and said, you know, you you were wide. <laughs> you're muscular, <laughs> but you were wide. But you've leaned out. Definitely. And it's just a different thing. One of the part of the question I was asking that how long, uh, you know, like I said, we runners, uh, uh, we'd rather be going out and running 30 minutes than doing the poses. But uh, we usually, what's the time like, uh, you know, for you, um, for your beginner trying to practice yoga, what is the time? How long should we invest? Honestly, and I know people might cringe at this, but I really think 45 minutes to an hour. And I really hope that if you do it and if you try it, you do it with a teacher, not just with an online video. Do it with a teacher for a little bit so that you have somebody that's there able to see what you're doing. And and a good yoga teacher will be there. And they don't, I used to be afraid, oh, they're going to come over and they're going to touch me because I'm doing something wrong. That's not what they're doing. They're assisting you to help you feel better in that pose. Maybe your shoulders are closed. So they come and gently touch your shoulders and open you up. And, or if you're standing in warrior two, maybe your hips aren't in the greatest alignment. See, that's another thing. Our bodies are all different. And so our joints and sockets are different. So my warrior two may look very different than your warrior two, and that's okay. But I really think 45 minutes, if you don't give yourself all of the phases um, that you need to go through through a yoga session, you cheat yourself. Um, If you're strictly just going to sit and do some quick yoga poses, then and, and not take that advice, I would say at least try to give yourself build up to three minutes per yoga pose that you're doing. But I really stress trying to find somebody to do yoga with that can teach you and show you it will it will revolutionize the way you run. Definitely. Um, you definitely sold me uh, doing the yoga. I need to look into how I can 
put my time into it. Uh, definitely, it's uh, in worth investing because amount of uh, races I do, amount of injury that I have, I need to slow it down somewhere and add something else. I think yoga will be a good good addition. Um, on on the yoga on the yoga side, um, uh, talk about the breathing 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 part. I try to practice that even when I'm not uh, running. Um, when when I'm not doing any of the pose, but when I'm running as well as not running, so th- that's always helps me. But I don't think I'm doing also properly. I think breathing really helps. Like you said earlier, you know, as we climb the hills, you know, <laughs> breathing heavy. Uh, maybe sometimes I try to bring it back. You know, try to say, okay, trying to trying to focus back to breathing normal. So talk about the um, yoga yoga teaching. You do teach uh, yoga classes. You mentioned that, correct? I do. Mm-hmm. So do you have like a regular classes you do here around Birmingham area or? I do. Um, I do. I teach. I actually teach in my home as well on Mondays and Fridays in early morning. Um, so before kids have to be out the door and go to school. And then I also um, teach downtown Birmingham at 24E uh, at noon on Wednesdays and Fridays. And if you get into a regular practice over time, especially if you find an instructor that you like, it just starts to build and that teacher gets to know you. So when I know who's coming to my yoga classes in general, so I have a lot of runners that come to my home. If I know they're coming, we do a lot. I focus on things that I know will benefit runners and help and will stay in poses a little bit longer, maybe. And that works really well in their bodies. There's different phases during a yoga practice. And you were talking about the breathing. And this part is really key. Once you enter, you know, a, a yoga, if you're if you're going to yoga, you, you take your shoes off and you sit down on your mat and you want to find yourself in an environment where you're trying to get settled. Now, no yoga teacher should have an expectation that, OK, the yogis are going to be on the mat and they're going to be ready to go. Everybody has we all have things on our mind. We have call it monkey brain and you have thoughts and ideas and your to-do list and I've got to get my kids to school. So how do you get yourself to reset and focus? And that's where this idea of breath comes in. And I begin my classes. We just kind of sit on the mat and you start to, you, you feel your, your body on the mat and then you just inhale and exhale. And A yoga teacher will talk you through closing your eyes, maybe lifting up your shoulders as you inhale, relax your shoulders back and exhale. And then we talk about what the breathing does for us. And then we go into this Ujjayi breath and I can, I'll explain a little bit right here. I won't do it like I'm teaching a class, but Ujjayi breath, you want to close your lips and you begin to take a deep inhale through your nose and you want to envision that inhale going down your throat, filling up your ribs, expanding your lungs like a balloon, letting that air work down your diaphragm deep down into your belly. And as you exhale, you force that air back out through your nose. Let that air go through your ribs and your lungs and back deep down into your belly, forcing all of that air out. And as you continue that movement in and out through your nose, inhaling and exhaling, and sometimes people get really freaked out. They're like, I can't do that, much less try to add some activity. But it's again, you build it up over time. And during a yoga class, hopefully the yoga teacher is helping you as you're opening and reaching up into poses, you're inhaling. And maybe as you're closing in a pose, you're exhaling. And they're reminding you throughout the practice to breathe. And as you're sitting there doing this Ujjayi breath at first, you have this nasally Darth Vader oceanic sound coming through your nose. And when you just do this Ujjayi breathing, just for a short bit, if all you did was could hear your breath, hear that noise in between your ears, 
You're in the present for just that moment. So maybe you take three or four inhales and exhales, and then you start thinking about your to-do list. You're like, forget this. (laughs) Let it go. And they say, okay, yep, okay, but I got to breathe. Let me hear that again. And you can help reset and retrain your brain to be in the present and find that stillness. And that stillness to me is what helps give us peace. It rejuvenates us and it gives us an energy that helps us take on the day. And it, it helps us when we have something that troubles us and something that frustrates us or something that somebody cuts you off. Well, instead of letting that person cut you off and you get really angry, take a deep inhale and exhale and you let it go. And then you maybe, maybe you say, there's got to be a blessing in just what happened. And you find that blessing. And so you let go of all the yuck and the ick, and you bring in the bountiful and the good. That sounds great, uh, Michelle. Uh, I, I try to practice breathing a lot. Uh, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, definitely it'll, I'll, I'll have to look into doing more of those in the coming days. So, Michelle, uh, a lot of time um, when we think about yoga, it has to be done earlier part of the day. Um, you mentioned that you, you teach classes early in the morning, midday. I have seen friends, they do late in the afternoon. What is the ideal time? Is it any time or is it like running? Whenever you should do it, whenever feels good or or do we need to have a routine on that? Well, I think I think routine is good, just kind of like running. For me, in my busy schedule, If I don't get my run in in the morning because I have kids and all these extra activities, if I don't get it in, it's likely something's going to hiccup and I'm not going to be able to get it in. But I think it's independent on person. And I think that it depends on what you need and when you need it. For me, I like doing yoga in the morning, meditation in the morning. And I said meditation and I don't want people to freak out on that word either. Um, I look at meditation as stillness, but it's finding moments in your day. And for me, yoga helps me start my day. It's what I need to feel good in my body. If I haven't done yoga, I know it and my body knows it. But a lot of times, maybe somebody has a really stressful work uh, place or a job that's just really intense. Maybe they want to do yoga at night because it's a great way for them to unwind and decompress, get their mind right. Maybe they do it before they go home and they have a family and they want to not be all amped up from having their crazy work day. And it helps give them time to give themselves a little rejuvenation and come back and find their center so that they can be a good human you know, being and being able to function well in society again <laughs> after having a, you know, stressful, yeah, crazy day or a crazy commute or whatever it may be. So I think it's just, it depends on the person. It depends on, you know, what you need individually. De- definitely. It sounds like, uh, as I hear you, one of the common theme I hear is uh, this uh, yoga uh, will, uh, doing yoga will uh, will complete uh, that mind and body that we discussed and start discussing this topic earlier basically completes the whole thought because uh, as a, as a runner we we are continuously in that motion of understanding body through the mind and you know trying to get over a lot of things as we run and yoga kind of help to complement that absolutely and focus you know think about a run maybe it's just your everyday run or maybe it's a race One of the things you want to have during a race is focus. You want to, you have an intention for your race and your listeners don't know this. And you had mentioned um, that we have run together. What people don't know is that one of my first times running with you was during a race and I didn't know the course. Well, I didn't know I was just out there running and I found out that 
when I, you were doing, it was the butts barely ultra. I was doing the half, you were doing the full. And I ended up finding out as you ran, we were running the same pace for two very different, for two very different distances. And you (laughs) knew that course very well and you were focused and what it allowed me to do was just run and I listened to you and by you knowing that course and saying here comes the hill I could get my body to do what it needed to do to get up the hill you actually even said let's slow it down on the hill so that when we get to the top we can let it go and oh by the way coming up there's this other part it's going to be a two-mile stretch where we can just let it all go and let it out and it's that kind of focus and determination that you can use when you utilize yoga um, it can help give you that focus and that drive because you can reset your brain and your mind to focus on task at hand and um, just kind of like what you did for me during that race you were <laughs> functioning as my mind I no longer had to think about what I'm doing where I'm going I had somebody telling me all I had to do was move my legs and breathe and and take on that focus and to your podcast listeners he ran me to a first place uh, female finish so that was awesome I, thought it was awesome. <laughs> I, I remember completely yeah. remember that um, that that race um, you were following me for a while, and I didn't know who was following because I was like you said, I was, you know, you got to heads down on the, on the trail. Then I realized it was you, so so it was fun. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm like super appreciative. I was like, man, that was fantastic. But it's that idea of this focus, and that's the other great thing that that yoga can give to you. If you can get your your brain and your breath, if you can find your breath, you can help reset your brain to take on various things. Maybe Maybe even breathe through pain. Maybe you're on a trail run and your body is going through exorbitant amounts of pain. What if you potentially could breathe through it? I didn't really have yoga. I didn't, not really. I didn't have yoga when I had kids. And on my first child, you know, they say, oh, do this breathing, this breathing. I didn't appreciate it. (laughs) But I get it now. Like, I get how finding your breath and just being there in the moment, finding the present. And I'll share a quick story if I can with you. I mentioned the meditation. I, I hesitate using that word because a lot of people think yoga, there's this spiritualism. I'm also, some people think it's related to Buddha. Some people think, you know, oops, maybe they're a Christian. And they can't do it or they're some sort of religion and yoga to me it's not about a religion it's about breath it's about movement it's about your body and meditation is also this same kind of concept it's not about any chanting now there are yoga practices that chant and they use terms like om when you say om there's a vibration in your body when you when you say that there's belief that it it's kind of this centering um and uh to help vibrations in your body. And I don't teach that. But what I think meditation or breathing, it helps you find stillness. So I had to go, I was going to a a meditation class, it was going to be a 45 minute meditation session. So that means you're going to sit with your yoga tribe, probably in a circle, and you're going to breathe for 45 minutes. And that's all you're going to do. You're not doing anything else. And people get really freaked out by that. (laughs) I'm alone in my thoughts for 45 minutes. Holy cow. Well, what had happened that week is my father had passed away. And I had My father served in the military, and we were going to have him buried in Arlington National Cemetery. So before his body was going to be sent to 
um, Arlington, I had to go to the funeral home once again to identify his body. I, I mentioned this in this crazy way because I want you to know and anybody that's listening to this to understand that was really hard for me. It was my daddy. He had lived with us. Um, he had been on hospice care. It was a very hard time for us. And I'm not a medical personnel. And that was just a very difficult time for me. And I was pretty distraught. And I left the funeral home thinking, oh, I'm going to be late. Yes, I'm going to miss meditation. I don't have to sit in these really <laughs> ugly thoughts for 45 minutes. And that darn yoga mentor, Jennifer, she held class a couple of minutes and didn't start until I got there. And we started the class. And the first minute and a half, I had some tears come down my face. But I had my, my friends in the room. I call them my yoga tribe. And we all just started our yoga breathing. And somebody else's breath can actually motivate you when you hear the strength of their breath. It can help build the strength of your breath. And sometimes you'll hear yoga teachers say, if you're not breathing for yourself, breathe for others in the room. Help them get through a flow. Help them get through something. Anyway, my yoga tribe was there that day breathing. We were all breathing together. And that minute and a half went by and the tears stopped and I found my breath. And for the next 43 and a half minutes, I was breathing. I was in the present. Of course, my mind would wander here and there, but I would bring it back. When we were done with that meditation, I have never felt so rested since I can remember before having kids. Because, you know, once you have kids, they say you never sleep the same again. And that to me has been true. But <laughs> my body felt complete peace. I felt like I was awakened. I just had this calming over me, this relaxation, this stillness, and the energy that I gained from it. And then it also helped with calming of those really icky thoughts and the things swirling in my head when I had to identify my daddy. That all went away. And it, I had this profound peace inside of me. And people saw it. Over the next few days, people were like, you look refreshed. What happened? And I said, I went to a 45-minute meditation class. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so there, to me, there really is something with that breath. Now, do I encourage somebody that doesn't really know the whole yoga thing and go to do that? It might be a little hard. might be a little discouraging. But there are there's an app called Calm. Highly recommend it. Maybe try breathing. And finding this meditation, this stillness, try it for five minutes. Maybe if you can do it five minutes for a few days and then see if you can go 10 minutes a few days after that. Maybe you start to notice something different in your body. Who knows? Maybe in your mind, too. What a way to tell the story and um, give us such insight into your life. Talk about not only your body, mind, even deeper i think there's much deeper what you described um for us as a runner as a human that we need to look into it and try to make this part of our daily goal and try to be focused uh being the present moment i try to do that a lot especially trail running really um it's part of that's a part of meditation i use uh trail running is slow enough and then you got to be very careful usually i i try more uh present moment type of meditation but um but definitely it's it's a great way to 
take your body and mind and beyond. So so that's that it really helps us to bring that focus, like you said, uh, wherever we are, you know, at the work, at the at, at and when we're running and anything we do. That that sounds so great. Talking about uh, running, um, let's uh, let's bring back your your schedule. You said you you may be interested in doing uh, P- Pinhoti. Um, yes. So so that Pinhoti is calling your name, I guess. Uh, it would, has been yes, it been. has been. <laughs> uh, and uh, my father's funeral, that kind of paused me from doing it this past November, but I'm still gnawing on it, talking to all the experts who I know. Um, and I also want to make sure I make I better understand the fueling needs of that. So once I get that in check, I'm, I'm fairly sure I'll be um, recruiting pacers for that and uh, getting that on my radar. And my next race, I think it's going to be Mercedes half. I have somebody that's asked me to help train them uh, for a half marathon. And so I may go run that with her just to kind of give her some support and encouragement um, and, and do that. And I have got to look at my race schedule and kind of see what, what cool races I want to get on there um, and take the next step. Normally, this has been the longest I've gone without having a succession of races between trail and road on my schedule. But you, you should you should try uh, either Lake Martin or um, Run for Kids in May. So uh, the Lake Martin fifty maybe, uh, and or Run is for Kids is that in March? Uh, March, uh huh. Third week in March. Okay. So yeah. that that'll be yeah. good training for you, and uh, also Run for Kids uh, twelve hours. Uh, so that kind of gives you idea how far you can travel in the twelve hours. Not exact same course, but but kind of gives you an idea. What you if you have not gone 50 miles, uh, mm-hmm. then then it'll be it'll be good 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 test. But but Penhody, uh telling you what you just described me, mind body, all these things that we talked about, it's so important. I mean, I I have gone through it just recently, and um, it's all about just that mental, physical, and it comes from inside your heart. And you know, what do you want to finish and how you want to do it? I mean, you have it all, and um, if you wanted to take that leap of faith and go and do your 100, I think you're ready. I mean, mentally, physically, you still have to train, but <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but but definitely. But but that part uh, will help you tremendously. So I'm looking forward to seeing you have a pinhody buckle next November. <laughs> See, now you've got this on. This is recorded. This may get me in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, I'm realizing this. Yeah, you're going to get, you're going to, you're going to get some call. That's another this release. I think I need to go start some breathing right now in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Before we uh, close this interview, it has been so much fun uh, to listen to you. Uh, you have uh, put some some seeds in my mind to kind of start working through that whole idea of uh, bringing my uh, yoga meditation back to my life again. As a runner, I have kind of abandoned whole whole idea. I do a little bit of it, not as much, but definitely I think I think you have you are you're talking about that last year, last May. I didn't look at that, so now I wanted to definitely look at that because 2018 I have suffered through so much pains and injuries and a lot of things I do, I need to slow it down. Maybe uh, look in some some other avenues beyond running. So this will be great. Well, you need to come to one of my classes, maybe on the Monday or Wednesday, come in early in the morning and come do it. And then also I'll just next time we're out and if we're out running, um, we can 
there's so many times people will start talking to me and, you know, we'll break out into some yoga. So I'm always happy to do it. If I'm with a group of people, I'm like, come on. It always turns back to yoga. I've done yoga in Mountain High Outfitters with some of the guys in there. And my kids are like, oh, here she goes again. But I'm excited to share what I have found with other people. So if we're on the trails next time, we're going to take, we'll, we'll do some stuff and I'll, I'll get you at least feeling some of the poses I'll get you doing it, and and hopefully it'll get a little excitement in you to say yes. I need this in my body. Definitely, I do need a yoga in my body, but uh, but like I said, I quit too many times. I do need to take this in slowly. Uh, definitely, mm-hmm. but five fifteen in the morning. Oh man, I cannot wake up that early. This cold. So. <laughs> oh, you can, but the, it's warm. It's hot yoga. It's uh, nice and warm, so you just have to. You just walk in and then boom, it's warm and your body is warmed up and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Just, I'll tell you, give it a try one time and then I, I bet you'll be back. Definitely. I bet you'll be back. We'll, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to think about that. Uh, thanks for inviting me. And, um, and if our listeners, they wanted to find you, how, how can they find you? I don't make it easy, but Michelle Belcher on Facebook um, and my maiden name is in there. So it's Michelle Fryhofer. Belcher. Uh, and I do post, I didn't do one today, but if you go on there, you'll find every Wednesday, we call it hump day asana, you know, hump day, Wednesday, and asana means pose. And we put some kind of crazy pose out there to kind of get people excited about asking questions and how do I do that? And there's a lot of secret yogis out there that are, are practicing yoga now because some pose inspired them and they wanted to try it and try something new in their body. So. Definitely. I will have to check it out. Uh, before we uh, close this um, interview, I just want you to give a word of advice to all the runners, listeners who is listening to our podcast uh, to give it a try, the yoga and meditation as part of daily routine. Absolutely. If you haven't done yoga, if you haven't tried it, the first thing is don't get discouraged and don't think because maybe you're a fantastic runner that there's this expectation that you're going to be fantastic doing these top-notch yoga poses. I can't do all of them to the extent that, that they're doing. So go into it with an attitude of being having grace and issuing yourself grace. And just remember this ideology of it's what you can do in your body today. And if you think about if I went in today and did a yoga class and then maybe a week later I run a marathon, that very next day my body is very different than what it was the week before. And so think about it in those terms. Issue yourself grace to say, I don't have to be doing what the person's doing next to me. It's about understanding the feels in your body and taking care of your body and taking care of your mind. Yoga is something that you can give to yourself to strengthen yourself, to strengthen your core, to give you as a runner flexibility, and also to give you that breath. Sounds like this is a great word of advice, Michelle. It, it has been so pleasure to talk to you, listen to you, uh, learning from you. Uh, hopefully I can join some of the yoga sessions that you have, and um, hopefully our listeners can can get some, some advice for this 2018 and uh, start their year by by doing some yoga poses or at least uh, get get some breathing or at least look into doing yoga and see what you can, where you can get uh, by the end of the year, 2018. So it'll be a great journey, and thanks for coming to Emron's podcast. And uh, if you can, uh, once I publish this podcast, 
us if you can. If you, if any of our listeners they have a question, uh, they post. Uh, so you, if you can, please answer those. And we'll. Oh, one. absolutely, absolutely. And if anybody, if you're able to find me on Facebook, please feel free to shoot me a message. I'd be happy to help you walk you through. And you know something else that I and I know we're ending, but. Runners get plantar fasciitis, for example. There are great yoga poses for that. And I've sent some videos that I've made. They're very not great videos, so I don't publish them, but um, I did them quick. But there's some great yoga poses that you can do to help stretch out the bottoms of your feet and, and feel better. So please feel free to email me questions. If I can't, if I don't have the answer, I can direct you somewhere. And Suman, I really appreciate this opportunity that that, you know, you asked me to do this. I love it. And I, I appreciate uh, you offering this up and taking time to, to chat with me today. Thanks for coming to the podcast. Hopefully, um, let's let's try to catch up uh, some sometime mid-year or, or sometime in the fall and see if anybody uh, want to see if we want to talk about a little bit more on yoga and see where everybody is. Um, let's do that. And uh, thanks for coming to Emran's podcast. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to another episode of Embruns Podcast. Please visit embruns.com to listen to previous podcast shows, links to our social media channels. Please follow Marathon Runs on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for recent updates, race photos, discount codes, and more.